Have you ever been willing to put a relationship at risk for something you really knew in your heart was true for you? Listen to find out how Catherine stood her ground with Mr. Delicious. It's risky business, y'all. Welcome to Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Holy Fuck. Two gals on the prowl for enlightenment, sex, and all things holy. Holy Fuck. Each week, beauty alchemist and transformational coach and speaker, Catherine McClelland, and spiritual healer and life coach, Krista Kim, discuss navigating spiritual consciousness in a real human body. Stumbling through dating, relationships, and everyday life, all while maintaining a fucking sense of humor. Hey, Catherine. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to the Holy Fuck Podcast. Hey, Krista. It's nice to be here with you today. And all of you, thank you for listening, tuning in to the gals at Holy Fuck. (laughs) I'm just so happy to finally sit with you because you've did like a disappearing act or something this week. I'm like, where are you? (laughs) Well, sometimes when I get a little uncomfortable, I disappear. That is true. So I was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I guess I picked up that you were uncomfortable because every time I'd reach out to your, like, silence or it was just, like, these very cryptic messages of, like, (laughs) maybe tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, what is happening over there? Send light. (laughs) And I'm like, light? And is there something I can do for you? No. So what happened? So... Boy, I wish I could remember the whole story. I don't know if you guys know this, but I fell on my face about a month ago, and I'm still recovering, so sometimes I can't remember everything. Um, But I have had a month-long meditation retreat, so Mm -hmm. if anybody wants one, go bang your head really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Don't recommend it. And yes, I'm better. So let's see, where did this begin? I don't remember what day it began, but one day since I saw you last, Mr. Delicious... uh, Approached what did me. he do now? I know. He approached <laughs> no, me. Um, I guess I would say it sort of was motivated by dissatisfaction, um, frustration, feeling like we weren't going forward from our... Well, all of you might remember if you listen to Sex and Self-Betrayal, thinking that that had kind of shifted the tide, but then... Once we sort of reconnected, we didn't stay reconnected. <gasps> so you still weren't getting it on? Well, we were, but not regularly with the same amount of... Fervor. 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 <laughs> great word. Great word. Juice was what I was going to say. And juicy, what I remember... <laughs> it's funny that you say that because what, what actually made me... And I just realized I'm the one who asked him. So we mm. were sitting here and I said, oh, by the way, this is your week for being on the podcast, and he read the summary. And the last line of the summary (laughs) was something about getting it on in the sack. Do you remember that? Oh, so this is a summary for episode 31. For 31. Exactly. Sex and self-betrayal. So he was reading it, and he said, (laughs) oh, is that what happened? (laughs) And I whirled on him. (laughs) She's a whirling dervish. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I was asking him of the appropriateness of sarcasm (laughs) in our conversation. And he was backpedaling like a little bit like crazy because he realized it just kind of came sliding out. And then he decided to stop that. Mm. 
and to really share with me what was going on. And this is when I went silent because oh. um, I do deeply love and care for Mr. Delicious. And this pattern is the most integrated with my wounding of any mm. pattern you could imagine. So and he's the perfect spiritual teacher the, for you right he now. He is, be careful if you ask for a soul mate, because you <laughs> might, they'll come and heal your soul. They will come heal you, and you will not like it all the time. So my soul mate was hard at work running his pattern. And the pattern is that, well, we finally figured out, the pattern is that he thinks he has to leave because there's no other exit. There's no mm. other way. There's no way to fix it. There's no way to... So his just, past wounding creates the, his belief system. Right. So imagine all of us have some of this, right? Because we're a kid and we're stuck with our parents. And if our mom is overbearing or critical or whatever is happening, we're stuck. Right. And we can complain or we can cry, but they don't really usually respond too well to that because they got all the power. Mm -hmm. So we learn to shut up and put it inside. Grant and bear it. And if you know anything about the Enneagram, if you happen to be a nine, which is the peacekeeper, you have that in spades. Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. just do it all the time. Yeah. So Mr. Delicious has a pattern of being a peacekeeper, which makes the day-to-day -day with him sometimes pretty smooth, mm -hmm. but it also makes these moments huge because he's been pulling something down into his body, and he hasn't been expressing it. And then he thinks, oh, my choices are, I'm, I'm getting this because he told me this, I'm not making it up. But, <laughs> so my choices are endure, live with this forever. His choices. Yes. I his, said, sorry. His he, choice, in his mind, his choice is he either endures. Or he leaves. Okay. He has nothing in the middle. So our conversation with Alison Armstrong a few weeks ago, where she gave us you know, all this other information about enduring is your fault. Like oh, That was such an amazing aha moment in that episode. Wasn't it great? It's like, if I endure, it's because I'm not risking my relationship to be honest. Mm -hmm. And so that's what was happening. So something would happen between us. I was nitpicky or complaining or critical or what? what? Never happens. <laughs> anybody else out there? No. <laughs> anybody else out there like just hate the way somebody does something? So my pet peeve, one of them is when you soak all the dirty dishes together in the sink in the grease and the fat and they all get equally dirty mm -hmm. instead of cleaning them as you go. <laughs> anyway, prep pet peeve. But I can have a tendency to be a little micromanaging sometimes, mm -hmm. which I'm owning. Mm -hmm. hate to own it with clenched teeth. I think you can hear <laughs> that. I'm owning it. And it's emasculating. That's, that's the truth of it. And Allison is probably the person who taught me that too. So I know it is. And yet <laughs> when I'm having a rough day or I don't feel connected or something, and or you know what else it is? It's when I need some control. Like my life feels a little like my business isn't doing what I want or whatever. And I'm like, mm, I need to control. Let me micromanage so, you because right. that's going to make my life better. Never. Don't do it. It's awful. But it does emasculate men. You know, criticism, we use it really well on each other as women, but it doesn't work on men. They just lose their... Hard on? Power. Yeah, we'll oh. call it a power. Hard on. Their BDE, their big dick energy. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about BDE. Yes, they lose their BDE. So you can see that none of this was going really well. So I knew there was something brewing, but I didn't expect it was going to come with the question of, I'm thinking we should split up. Which dovetails with your past wounding, which is people are always People leaving. always leave. Right when you start to open up and give them everything, then they leave. And so here you both are at this moment. 
like yeah. total crashing into each other's. And he did say something really like prescient or whatever was that, like this thing about, oh, I wonder if our issues are dovetailing. <laughs> so <laughs> yep, actually, I'm thinking that might be happening. So here we go. Like we are off to the races and I'm like, <laughs> you're being sarcastic and that's not necessary. And he's all, you're da, da, da. So we're in the blame game and he's like, yep, I think maybe I'm, I gotta go. And I'm like, you walk out that door and you are in so much trouble because he has done this how many times? Well, Trouble in Paradise episode, who knows what number. But. Yeah, I think it might have really, I mean, it had happened a couple times before that, but that was when it started. That's when I got mad. Right. That's when you start calling him out on it and saying, yeah. this isn't okay this with This isn't me. okay with me. Yeah. And you can't keep doing this. Well, mm-hmm. you know how much that helps. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep doing this pattern you've been doing your whole life, Mr. Like, Delicious. Oh, yeah, just watch me. Just watch me. So guess what? Just I just watched, watched him. him. He did it again. <laughs> so- and that moment, I was so furious at him doing it again that I couldn't see what I was doing again. Which was? Which was all my micromanaging, all that stuff. And that I still, I hide my anger too, but it comes out in my little micromanaging. Mm. I, for the first time in this conversation, got pissed. Like up until then, I, I think I've been afraid of losing him. So I talk him down and I'm kind of quiet and I'm mm. like, okay, and how can we be grownups about this and be mature? People pleasing. I mean, it's, I mean, it's okay, a, form a little of a, bit of people yeah. pleasing for me because I was afraid to risk our relationship over it. I didn't want him to walk out the door. And the truth is, I know he doesn't want to either. That's not his goal, but he also doesn't know how to, he couldn't he can't find fight another that pattern. He could, and he couldn't find another thing to do. A new and pattern. So, Neither could I, apparently, because I was doing the same thing. <laughs> so we're doing the blame game and the micromanaging and the criticism and the this sarcasm. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of John Gottman, but he's a big relationship person. And he has this thing he calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm, tell us. Yeah. Well, one of them is contempt. And that's what I felt like was starting <laughs> to sink in. was like, oh, yeah? You know, right. not just sarcasm and stonewalling and mm. those kinds of things. Okay. So I'm like, oh, God, John Gottman's got me. And I never wanted to do any of those things. So I was really alert to what was happening, and I started really working my process. And I just realized how pissed I was. And that since Trouble in Paradise, I haven't said I'm really pissed about And that's probably six months ago, right? I I mean, October. So, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I don't know, four to six six, months. Yeah, I don't know. But a long time. (laughs) You should have had it figured out by now, right? (laughs) You're conscious. Thanks, Krista. You know, you're so understanding. That's what all our people love about you. So, yeah. So, uh, but I finally let myself feel my anger and I was so surprised. I was like, oh, I'm angry? Yes. Mm. And that's where the self-betrayal was coming from. Because every time he approached me sexually, the part of me that was pissed at this like how many times can you actually abandon me inside the mm-hmm. same relationship just came roaring out but she came roaring out by shutting everything down like physically shutting physically shutting down. me down like i can't feel this and then the feeling that would rise in my body is i'm betraying myself we talked about that mm-hmm. so i thought we had a clear clearly not all we needed to do was go through this <laughs> pattern again this time i finally saw it it's like i I mean, I think when I owned how pissed I was, then I could let it go. 
And I was like, oh. That's the risk you're talking about, though. That's when you're the first willing risk. There's to, a few more. <laughs> I, I get it. But it's like the first level of you're, you were willing to let yeah. the anger out and say what really needed to be said, even if that meant he was going to leave. Right. Or and, it was done. Yeah. And one of those things was don't don't come back here with that question of, should I stay or should I go? If you have a commitment to this, which you say you have, then your question is, how do we fix this? Mm-hmm. So when you go think about this for a while, when we're going to go to our- that's the I decide. If he goes, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go and take a break and I'll decide what I'm going to do, he stepped out of partnership. Right. And I don't mean just like a 10-minute break. Right. I mean, like, I'm leaving. I'm going to go climb into the mountains. And when I get back, I'll tell you where I am. I'll tell you where I am. There's no partnership. So we, I guess because we've been working the partnership thing so long, we suddenly had to admit we're in a relationship. like oh no that didn't happen so i was on my side making my decisions and he was on his side making his decisions Mm. so what i said was this is the time for you to commit he's like commit to enduring that's all he could see and i said Uh. nope that's why you can't commit that's why this thing keeps happening where you break away because you think I'm saying that I will stay here no matter what, and that's our only choice. I'm just saying, commit to the process of being in this partnership mm-hmm. and see if we can have it grow. And there, I think light bulbs went off for both of us at that moment. We were we really had to admit we weren't playing full out as partners. We really were it like slipped back into relationship, we're fighting, yeah. and we're like, I decide no, I decide no. And the truth is, as adults, we can decide and we can take off. But there was just too much at stake. And I was really looking for if he really did care. Mm -hmm. I get that we all have stuff in our backgrounds and we're not all like, oh, I can commit. And what it struck me was I have never been fully committed to a relationship in my life. And so I took a stand and I said, I'm fully committed to not enduring, to not leaving, to being here where we decide how to make this better for ourselves. I I know I sound like a really great partner right now because I'm not, because <laughs> I'm like all relationship and I just got stuck way out of myself. But see, I think you're doing a brilliant job because most people, their relationship would have fallen apart back at Trouble in Paradise. That moment would have happened and they wouldn't have had the consciousness or the skills or the relationship techniques to move you guys through that. Okay, I'll so, take a little... When I was making the joke of, oh, you should have it together by then, I mean, I'm really poking fun at, I think that's what most people would think. Like, oh, it's how can this issue last that long? But it's like, we're talking about peeling back the layers. So right. Trouble in Paradise was like the beginning of going like, something's up here. And now I'm. it's up enough that I'm pissed. And these last couple months have been just the slow peeling back of like, how do, you know, how do you guys navigate it? And what new tool can you find that, will help. And it's interesting that the podcast, especially with like the that one with Allison, brought up the one word that was literally his thing. And that's the endure part. And it's like all this time he's been trying to be in relationship with you, but or in partnership with you yeah. and committed to you, but he literally couldn't because his past whatever past relationship he was in had so much enduring in it. And he committed to it and he stayed in it year after year after year. And it felt like, I'm sure it felt like shit in his body and everything, you know, about his life. And so, so he left. 
So he left. <laughs> so, but like, so why would on a yeah. soul level, why would he want to like come back and do that again? Yeah. Even on an emotional level, you know, and, and this, if we all look at these patterns, we see they go back at least to our childhoods, if not into our heredity, past lives or whatever. So it's almost like they replay in this life so we can see them because we're the one choosing. But at the same time, it's gets complicated because you can't actually see yourself. The whole blind spot thing is a thing. So that's why he called you in as a partner because you're like, here, let me just ask you to commit, commit, commit. commit. Like you've just been like all about commitment. And so he couldn't have picked a better soulmate to come in right? and shine the flashlight on this little shadow of, and you know, the enduring belief that he has. Right. Which then gives me the experience of being abandoned over, over and, and over, over and over and really having to realize like my experience of what he's doing, I call abandonment is him leaving. It's mm-hmm. not actually abandonment. Like mm-hmm. I haven't been left on a road somewhere to starve. So what did you say to him? Like, how did that, how did you start shifting that conversation? So first of all, taking responsibility for my bad behavior in my relationship status of being, I decide, no, I decide. Mm-hmm. And both of us owning that was like huge. Amazing. And so that's the moment that we actually had some leverage to say to ourselves, huh, what if we both shift into partnership? And what if we come back to this conversation from what? could we do to fix this? What could we do to change? We are committed to this mm-hmm. and we are not committed to enduring or leaving. Right. So what do we What's do? What's the option? And so that's when everything really started to flow. And then we were able to have this big conversation and oh, it's going so well and everything's perfect. Until. Until. <laughs> I had a little uh, professional meltdown and Mr. Oh. Delicious is working with me and it, it had nothing to do with him. It mm-hmm. was nothing, but it had to do with feeling like somebody took something of mine professionally out in the world and was exposing it. And I literally had the feeling of someone stealing my baby. Mm-hmm. And I started to, I was shaking. I was like, holy cow. And I could see that I was doing it. Like I mm-hmm. could see I was not in my highest self. I could see, and I couldn't get myself back. So I said to him, hey, <laughs> I need something from you. He's like, all right, what do you need? You know, and he's he was busy doing something. And I was like, I need you to give me what I need. And like, okay, what, what is that? And he starts <laughs> giving me something else. And we had- What this, is the something else? Well- Something he needed or he needed to get? Well, I think that with providers, whichever it is, the person is trying to guess what you need Mm because suddenly you need something. So this is also true of the night I fell on the floor. And got the concussion. When I got my concussion, he was trying to help so much that I ended up screaming and crying because I, and then it was just like for a few minutes, it was just this like energy because- he could not provide me with anything because I was in so much pain. All I could do was hold my own body and just say, leave me alone, leave me alone. And the, I didn't know what to make of that until a friend of mine reminded me that mm-hmm. when she was having, having her first child, her husband hadn't known what to expect. And he was in the delivery room and she was obviously in a lot of pain and screaming and yelling. And he freaked out, not because he's a bad guy, but because he couldn't do anything to fix it. Mm-hmm. And men, they they love to fix. It's it really important. Like them. The provider. It is. And, and it was just this moment of me waking up 
And it's funny, Krista, because I want to say this thing that Allison says is, what if no one's ever doing anything wrong? Mm-hmm. So his upset in that moment wasn't because he was a big asshole or a bad guy. And the same with my friend's husband. It's because it's in their nature to provide help. And when we can't receive it because they're giving it wrong, it do- they don't know what to do with it. Or giving it in a way yeah, that doesn't work for us, mm-hmm. maybe not wrong. That we can't receive. <laughs> so back to day, whatever that was, I'm having this career meltdown, um, sort of feeling like your identity is being stolen mm-hmm. a little bit. And he starts telling me, oh, you're going to be okay. Everything's fine. And I'm like, nope, that's not it. Don't tell me that. <laughs> and then he's like, don't worry. Those kinds of people, you could just, you'll just, and I'm like, nope, not that. <laughs> because... What I knew was I had to see the light of who I was to get back to the light right. instead of him telling me about the darkness. <laughs> Don't explain the darkness to me. I, I, well, and that's what how most people are walking around the world. And that's how like we're always looking at the, the dark. Most people live in that space. When we are working you know, toward consciousness and transformation and evolving spiritually, then we start recognizing how kind of hard it is to pull ourselves Ugh. over to the light and to maintain that level at all times. And it's kind of like the difference between partnership and relationship. Like partnership is the light, relationships where you slip back into the shadows of it, right? So you guys are continuously trying to pull yourself back into partnership. And so right. you were asking him to keep me in the light because I can't be in the I'm light. I'm in the right dark. Now. I'm in the dark right now, and you can't be in the dark with me. I need you exactly. to be the lifeboat. I said that to somebody. Who was like, "Don't jump in my boat." Like mm-hmm. that's the worst possible. And it is what we do a lot. Like our friends call us, and they're like, "This sucks." And we're like, "Oh, oh you're so right. Sorry. He's such a dick." You know, instead of, hmm, "Yeah, you're beautiful. You're strong. You can get through this." Yeah. So it's not about either person. It's just about shining the light of who we actually are mm-hmm. in that moment so we can let go of this scarcity. Like, somebody's stealing my identity and I'm not going to be able to be myself and I'm going to starve to death. The next thing you know, I'm dead and I'm homeless. Right. <laughs> or homeless and then dead. I guess that would come first. But that's where we go, right? So that's the level of freakout I'm having. And explaining the darkness is really freaking me out. So I keep going, nope. And I'm just like, so tell me what you told him to say. It's kind of ridiculous. I'm like, Okay, I need you to tell me that you can see who I am and that I am love and I am light and I am joy. And you can see that in this moment. And even if I can't, you're holding that for me. And it's like his body just got super strong and direct right in front of me. And he started. That's the banks of the river we were talking about. Banks of the river. A week or two ago. Yeah, so I'm 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 not I am a dirty river. I am not. This is not a lovely nature <laughs> river. A dirty I'm like girl. whatever that you know f- something in our past that's a dirty river. I don't know, but I was not doing well. I was definitely polluted, and I just was like, see my sparkling light, see the way. And I, I did at one point. I said to him, like the way the light lands on the water, it's a purification process. Mm-hmm. It purifies the water. Do that. And so he then he kind of caught the spirit of it. He was like, oh, all right. So he started calling out the qualities and the attributes of the highest. You're creative. You are powerful. You can handle this. It's just a matter of you've been wanting to change something a little bit anyway. So let's just turn our attention this way. I love that he's so receptive to your ideas. I know. Wasn't that, that amazing? amazing? Okay. It's, it's been since October. <laughs> Let's be real. Hey, it takes time to change hey, it patterns, takes time. right? It does. And, we and that's have, what we I, can we can mentally know a skill. 
Oh, but putting gosh. it into action and then maintaining it is a different thing. It's like we know the skill, so all of a sudden we bust it out and we try it one day <laughs> and we, we maybe have some success or maybe not and we try again and, you know, but to it's really live and maintain that full time all the time, that's practice. It is. It's really, and it's a You're really- doing good, Mr. Delicious. Mr. Delicious. I know. And and <laughs> what's so great to me is the, the really the non-wounded masculine mm-hmm. who can receive what it is I need and give, give it, it to me. Yes. And I swear, I feel like I've been doing this for, I don't know, 60 years, asking people to give me what I need and them giving me everything except what I need. Mm-hmm. And then me accepting it as if it was enough because it was a diamond or because it was a house or because it was when really all I needed was them to say, you're amazing. I love you. I adore you. And then everything starts to fall into place, not from a place of ego. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about from a place of the truth of who we are. Like you're creative, you're powerful, you're strong. You are great at what you do. You can do this. And then so what happened to you when you started hearing those things? So it was funny because I started to breathe differently. And I and then I asked him to watch me. Because I said, mm. I can feel things are changing, so watch for the signs. So next time, you know, <laughs> if you're on track or off track. And so he did. And he was like, oh. And then and then, Like, what, really, oh, what? Like, he sees you he breathing? He sees my body start to open. But then he does this great thing where he goes, breathe. And I'm like, no. 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 Don't. <laughs> don't tell me to breathe right now. I'll kill you. And uh, so it's just so funny for me to watch that. Like, what do I really need? Because I didn't know that if he told me to breathe. How about, how about when you're really upset and someone says, Calm down. You're like, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself quickly because that ain't ever happening over here again. So it was really healing and it was really good. And we have been dying to talk to you guys about this book called The Way of the Superior Man. Uh, so yeah. that is coming soon. And Krista brought it up again today. I'm like, I love this book so much. This is what we're talking about. It's this man who can stand totally in his power, be receptive to what you need, give you what you need, which is his strength and his power and his seeing of you as in your and highest. Not, and not feeling like he's lost himself or that he's no. less of a man for doing that. Because I think a lot of men feel that if they give the woman what they need in that way, that it somehow is like... I don't know, too pussy or something. It's pussy whipped, right? It's like she told you what you wanted and And he gave it to her? Yeah. (laughs) Where it's like, I see that as like the the greatest man on the earth is one who can do that. Right. Because the truth is half the time when you're guessing, you're guessing the wrong thing. It's Mm -hmm. not what I need. You know, it's like when, if you were to come in and make me dinner, how would you know what I needed for dinner? So are you saying right now that then you guys were perfect? No. And started to bang it out? Almost. Almost. No. Okay. No. So what happened was I got to this place where I was like, I could feel my breath changing. And he was like, wow, I can see that happening and I'm moving. And then we did what we do at the end of the day, like make dinner and we did a few other things, whatever. (laughs) Pop some ecstasy. (laughs) Yeah, just what everybody does at the end of a day. And then we're heading off to bed and... Exactly the sequence of events. But anyway, there was the sort of coming on of the sexual approach from my partner. Mm-hmm. And I just had this flat out big no. What? And I'm like, not he gave But me he what just you gave wanted. me what I needed. And I was he like, told you I, you're beautiful. That's you right. And this. I'm like, 98% there. And I can just like, no, if I give up on that now, right this second, even if he's done everything he can give. And this is where 
like for me, the rubber actually hit the road. I'm in bed. It's the middle of the night. I should because he has Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I didn't. And I just started crying instead. I just started sobbing. Mm -hmm. And it was like I was being transported. And all of us know this. We don't always, we're not upset for the reason we think we are. It's coming from somewhere else. And he, from our afternoon session, (laughs) um, poor guy, he was able to extrapolate that I needed something and he didn't know what it was. And that Amazing. the best thing that he could do was give me what it was. And of course, I was also begging him at that time, like, could you please give me what I want? Could you please give me? And he's like, okay. He didn't fight. He didn't leave. He didn't do anything. He just was like, okay. So change, and, of, but, change of behavior on his part right there. Huge and strong. Not mm. okay, collapse. Okay, strong. What is it? Uh. And I said... I need you to be non-sexual because this is coming from a child Mm -hmm. who has been molested, who has been trespassed sexually. And I don't know how old she is, but I'm guessing she's under five. And luckily, we had just shared a picture of me when I was four, and he had just seen it before we went to bed. I love spirit. just Mm, works amazing. And I said, hold that little girl and let her know she's safe. You know, and so he literally, (laughs) he did like literally like covering himself in sheets so that he wouldn't press against me. Mm -hmm. And he just held me. And it was, and then he started saying things from his intuition, like, Mm. I apologize for all of the people who have hurt you, for all of the men who have, for all of the ways that people took advantage of you, who came to you to take from you. Mm. And I think that's what was left in that 2% energy was we still hadn't gotten through, you know, like, and it wasn't, this is the thing, it wasn't even something he did at that moment, you know what I mean? It was like, and he was man enough to just own it for Everybody, all of humanity, right? Like, this is how you. she's going to heal, right? Mm-hmm. This is it, and this piece about like ninety eight percent is a total bitch, like trying to live at ninety eight percent. But when you give over to a hundred percent willingness to commit, this is what I've been trying to tell him: if you're committed to finding your way mm. through, you will find it. Mm-hmm. It is always there. It is always the gate, the door, whatever you call it, is always going to open. So in that moment, his commitment was no longer to enduring or leaving, like sucking it up through whatever kind of weird emotional crisis I was having. He actually <laughs> took it on. Right. And inside him, he found, I apologize for every... And did inside, he feel like he was... In, in, did he feel like he was enduring something at never, that moment? Never. He That's was what's amazing. Because so, he could have. He, he could have gone like, oh, here I go again. I have to put up with this tonight. Exactly. that. But his commitment that he had made earlier in the evening <laughs> overrode that. Yeah. But he had to... In order to embody it, like you were saying, we can know it. In order to embody it, he had to actually make the choice himself. Like the first time I was like, tell me to this. <laughs> yeah. This time he said, what do I need to tell her? Mm-hmm. And then he asked me a couple of things. And then he went into this, oh, I know what this is. Will this help? And I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. And so I was in a very like altered state. We all, From healing experiences we all had, we all know that you go into, if you're going into a deep healing place, you go into an altered state. And I was just saying things like, I, you have no idea how much I appreciate that you are doing this with me. You are healing me and you are healing women all over the world. You're healing all of this patriarchal power over thing that we 
feel every day in our lives. And it's lightning because you doing this. And we did it for a pretty long time. There's just because it takes its course, right? You don't know how long it's going to take to cry and whatever. And it was so sweet because all of a sudden at one point I realized I must have fallen asleep and I felt him like tucking me in and going to the guest bedroom so that, you know, I was completely alone and could be safe and quiet by myself no matter where I was in the experience, and that he could get some sleep. Thank God the guy knows how to take care of himself. He had a lot of endurance that day. (laughs) (laughs) He just, he did amazing. He did amazing. And he really, it was, it was like a pinnacle experience of my life. It's an experience that I've tried to call in, I think, with every man in my life. And I feel like I'm going through that same exact thing with Mr. Right Here, Right Now, because I've had all the wounding from golden eyes, mm. and I hear like Mr. Right here, right now, holding the banks for me. Yeah. So I'm able to say these like with um, golden eyes. I was never able to risk. I was never willing right. to risk the relationship. It was, too risky. it was way too risky. Whereas with this relationship, I'm risking and I'm saying what I need, and he's able to say these things like Mr. Delicious is saying to you, and. It's like there's this freedom I feel for literally right. the first time in my life. Yeah. But I'm also, it's I'm not um, attached to the outcome of this particular exactly. relationship. For the first time in my life, I have no expectation. Of course, do I have like desires? And I'm like, yeah, yeah we hope that works. Yeah. So good if we fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> but there is no expectation. So it allows me to risk and well, to be honest. This is this is so beautiful, and then it's so interesting now, Krista. Both partnership and uh, well, I guess you have a partnership in the agreements that you have, right? Both of those things are partnerships because you've agreed to them mm-hmm. together. But my partnership includes within it risking the partnership because I'm more important than it. Right. So I can say to him, I'm not going to do this like this again. I I can't. And I care. I'm committed. If, you know, like we got to work this out, but I know there's a place to work out. Then he gets to choose in, you know, back and forth. So we, so the, the cool part, like the part that's crackly and electric and free is that I take this massive risk. And even at 98%, when he's given me Almost Almost. everything. When I know it's not all, I can hold out for it because I care that much about myself. Mm -hmm. If he had walked last night, if he had said, I can't do this, honey, I love you, but um, I would have been okay because I know that I never would do that with another man again either. Yes. So I have to take responsibility now for the fact that I've created that in all those other relationships by giving in. And you've healed him because in you holding well, your bank, I mean, you held your boundary, which, okay, so at that point you were holding the banks of the river and telling him, like, I, my, yes, I think my favorite part was when true. he was like, oh, I need a break. And you were like, well, only come back if you're in. If you're not in, don't even bother coming back. Like, I love that yeah. because that was basically saying, like, I'm out and this isn't good enough for where we, you know, where I want to be right now. Yeah, I think what I was saying too, Krista, was I'm here for partnership and I'm committed to it. And if you're leaving, that's not partnership. So don't don't come back. Yeah. Just get your stuff. You know, which allowed him to really like have that moment of, am I going to change this pattern or not? Yeah. It, the The loss would have been was so big in that moment. He had to really make a big choice. And people will choose 
their own way. Mm-hmm. Like I had, that's the risky thing is I don't have any right, even with an engagement ring on, even with a plan for a future to hold his feet to the fire. He has to be free. And that's what this whole conversation mm-hmm. about is, oh my God, we just created freedom for both of ourselves we crashed out like a parent would after a kid put them through like the nightmare night mm-hmm. from hell. And I was the kid who crashed out. But this morning, we woke up grown-ups, healed, and making sweet, sweet love. We, it was. It was <laughs> way beyond. It was 100%. Mm-hmm. 100, 100. And it's that 2% oh, that God. made it so magical. Get it, getting over the hump of almost committing almost being in almost betraying yourself uh, and almost betraying myself yeah. right and him almost betraying himself because he was going to one more time say he was going to endure mm-hmm. like no wonder he couldn't commit and now he's like what was that and then he, he's like well that was magic <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely and one of my things about sex and making love with men and women or masculine and feminine, whichever, however you go through that, is that the feminine, the the more, the side where there's more flow and more receiving has to actually do the giving. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that when he's solid, he actually waits for me. Mm-hmm. You said this about Mr. Here and Now, when he asked you a question and you weren't ready, he didn't push you. He just waited. Right. And then, and you then were the like, answer okay, came much quicker. Right yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> so I had that same experience of when he waited and then I could flow into him and he could hold. Because I feel safe. It's so safe. And how can we be safe and free at the same time? Like our brains don't want that. I, micromanaging him was going to work. Well, we have these. No, I, I mean, I just it is need a little to say bit. It doesn't work. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. We, the, it is a little bit of testing the man to see how strong his banks are. Not on purpose. Though. Not on purpose, but it is like when we are, you know, he's asking, the, like for me, when he's asking the question and I'm not quite ready, there's that moment where I'm like looking to see how is he going to respond to that. Right. And when he responds in the true masculine and holds the banks, then I go, okay, he can handle whatever answer I'm going to give him. Now it's safe to say it. Right. And I can release to this man who's trustworthy. So we, I said to him, do you realize that no woman on earth, okay, I'm not going to say that. Most women, let's call it 85% of women, are not as strong as men. And most of us could be overpowered and hurt very badly by a man at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Even the man that we consider to be the smallest, least threatening man we know in our lives mm-hmm. could physically overpower us. Mm-hmm. Do you know what kind of trust that takes? to completely open to this person who is going to come into your body <laughs> and supposedly give you love? How many of us go to bed at night with a person that we're not sure mm. is going to give it to us that way, that we're really not sure we're God, safe I've with? God, I've been in a relationship where I was doing that, and it was so fucking scary. Me too. So scary. And it was like, grit your teeth and pray to God mm-hmm. you're going to get through this one. Mm-hmm. And then it's But morning. so grateful for it because then I learned what that experience was like. And now I'm having this new experience. I'm like, ah, oh, this is what it's what's available. And what I love about this conversation, Krista, is that we've discovered the freedom in both the way I'm doing it and the way you're doing it because they're both partnerships. Mm-hmm. They're both choices that we're making together. And uh, a couple of days ago, mine was a relationship, mm-hmm. and last one for you was a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so 
Look at the power of these partnerships and what they give us and the freedom. So men, if you're listening to this, think about this, like giving her what she needs and standing in your strength gives her everything. And then she can give you everything. Yeah. Even holding back just a little bit. Thinking, You'll receive so much more. Yeah. I mean, everything you want is mm-hmm. going to be available to you. So, so get it, guys. Yeah. Think about that freedom. <laughs> and women, hold your own. Because up play. until now, I have unfortunately let men make a choice that didn't serve them either. Mm-hmm. No, because as, as the minute someone's enduring, neither person is oh, being served. Oh, it's a shit show. Yeah. It, yeah. And I've endured. Have you endured? Oh, boy. Uh, you think? <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's and been I'm married making and divorced. And I'm a commitment to myself to, to not endure anymore. Yeah. And I feel like right now I'm not enduring and I'm experiencing so much joy and so much light. Yeah. And I do have to say, I, I'm looking back at the, maybe a little bit of like um, beating myself up a bit over mm. like, you know, past experiences of how much I did endure. So part of my healing right now is like mm. letting that forgiveness. go. Forgiveness. Yeah. Um, so that's beautiful too. Well, awesome. It is. I'm glad you guys are back to getting it on. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have any sarcasm left. In us. Just remember, 99%'s a bitch, but 100% you flow all the way. That's right. And when you're 100%, you can spread the love. love. Spread the love.